What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I am recording. I have both of my earbuds in. Hopefully, they're not too loud. I'll make I'm sure also, you're all. I'm also recording. It's it's all happening. We just you know we just had Isaac Mizrahi on our YouTube live, ladies and gentlemen, and other go over to YouTube to dance and stuff, and you can watch um, our chitty chitty chat bang bang with um, Isaac Mizrahi about many things, including Madonna, Faye Dunaway, Eartha Kitt. Um, well, mostly just old famous ladies. Which is, you know, it's um, it's a passion of your and Isaac's, which is was great. I was I was really more of an onlooker. I really we we are very we are very passionate about les femmes, um, and uh, yeah. So you can I'll go check that out, and then here we are now with the podcast, which is, um, which we'll be having our guest shortly. It I. I, it is the last day of the semester at Bard, and I am burnt to a crispy piece of toast. Congratulations. So what happens now? The, ki- what ki- the kids um, go to the living room for summer break? What happens? I guess. I guess that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure wh- where all of the kids are going or how how we're even going to reconvene but I do know that I need to write about all of them and grade them and this semester I had uh 52 students so it's uh, a lot of cry sheets as our as our guest who is going to be joining us shortly knows all about because we work at the same institution that's correct. Which but is... I think you're going to have to limit yourself to two sentences a student. And you can't, and no more, no less, because you don't want to do favorites. Right. I'm, I'm not really that kind of queen. So, um, but the thing is that I take notes on all my students throughout the semester. So I really. But there must be a couple of students where there's really nothing to say, you know? That's, I don't feel that way. There is something to say about every student. I've been with them for. Not only this semester, but, you know, we all switched to online in a pandemic and there was a lot to discuss. And I really was moved by how amazing students, uh, at least my students, dealt with it. Um, and uh, But I also felt fortunate that I've taught online before. So I was like not completely in the dark about that. Um, and we'll see what it's like next semester. It's uh, supposedly we're all going to be meeting. I wish that we were doing Notre Dame has already put into place that they're going to start their semester earlier and end on Thanksgiving, which I think is wise because it takes well, it takes care of people traveling during Thanksgiving. And that way, if you start in August, you can end in Thanksgiving. But are kids going to go back, going to go to Notre Dame like the campus? Yeah. Campus opens at Notre Dame starting in August. They're going to start, they're just pushing their whole semester earlier, which is wise because the next a giant peak, if this tracks like every other pandemic that's happened that we have on record, will be in November. That's when more people will be infected than this time. Okay. 
So Notre uh, Dame was like, hmm, let's go with science and start our semester in August and in September. That's what Notre Dame sounds like, by the way. And yeah, then, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and then they're like, smart. and then it's for Thanksgiving, um, everyone just leave. But uh, uh, I do not wow. think that's what Bard has planned. I think we're just planning on coming back. Um, but we'll see. You know, this is a real, ladies and others, this is a real one day at a time. If you've never heard that expression, I suggest putting it in your corner pocket and pulling it out. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you have some tasks for the upcoming days. I, you're glad that I have some what? Tasks. Mm. Sorry, I was drinking. Um, booze. Uh, I, <laughs> I was drinking booze and taking a few Xanax. Um, for semester's end treat, uh, JK. But I have a lot of tasks. I'm also, we're also making the Guggenheim film, which is, I think is only, I, we're making something too long, so we'll have to shave it down. Just give a, a, a scene from it. Nobody wants to be presented with um, a digital video to experience that's more than five minutes. It's torture. At this point, you feel. Well, this isn't... This, we're making a film, so it's a, it's a different thing. I guess. Well, you know, but... Jeremy and I, it's like we're not going to just... We couldn't just, like, make a, a video. We It ended up getting too complicated, and so therefore it's turning into a film. Ours is... Um, Hilarious. I love it. But it's actually... Um, it's time-consuming in a way that I had not anticipated, where it feels like it may never be done, but it, it has to be, quite frankly. It's so. gonna, it's gonna have to be done. Yours is gonna have to be done, and Pam's is gonna have to be done, and mine is gonna have to be done, and then that's that. And then that's the end of the world. Well, no, that's just the Guggenheim presentations uh, on their platform, which leads to another, if you're looking for uh, more online dance performance theater, even viewing um, or video work, uh, Guggenheim work in process uh, has commissioned uh, many artists, Reed and Harriet, myself, uh, Pama Tama, uh, included and um, we are all on uh, there. We haven't submitted ours yet, but read and neither has read near it. But we will. We will be submitting them. <laughs> you can see them there. One day. Um, what was your day like today, Reed? Today I woke up and I made a fruit salad for breakfast with blueberries and grapefruit and nectarine, and then. I took Cunningham class. I actually like have been started to make a habit of arriving late at Instagram Cunningham class, which means that like, I'm like, oh, it's time for class. And then I start to like move chairs and put on my dance clothes. And so then I'm like, hurry. I like, I missed the bounces. So then I'm like kind of cramming things in, whatever. It's like as if you arrived late to class, but you know, there's no arriving. And then I, I did a little work. Oh, this guy came to measure some windows in this house because he's putting up some um, window treatments. Are you in the main house now? No, I'll never be there. Oh, okay. I live, this is my own house. I, would, I love having my own house. It's true. Um, and then I, ugh, I worked a little bit on this dress I'm altering for Jane that I've been working on for way too long because I keep putting it off. And then, um, 
what did I do? I did something. Oh, I took a yoga class. I, um, I watched a Bon Appetit video where they rate different foods that are sort of contentious. And it's uh, uh, kind of it. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Oh, I made lunch. I had avocado and tomatoes and mayonnaise on focaccia. It sounds like a very lovely day. It sounds like a, Not that bad. a very lovely quar day. Super quar. Um, well, What'd I'm glad do? to hear it. I, today was the last day, so there were closing statements to students, and then I began working on getting all of those grades done, as well as I was reminded once again by our incredible administrator, who Lindsay knows, Jen, that I needed to get my travel reimbursements in, which I am really bad at, as we've already talked about, um, when we had Aaron Markey on our live YouTube channel, um, receipts, reimbursements, uh, medical billing, as Neil Beasley likes to call it. He really, anytime I have something that needs to be submitted, Neil Beasley just calls it medical billing because I once said, can you help me with my medical billing? <laughs> um, which just meant, you know, sending it into the whatever insurance company to get reimbursed. I can't, all those things are like just absolute torture for this air, water, fire sign. There's no bit, there's no earth in my chart that's like, I'll go get that thing done. So I'm just more in like feelings, writing, reading, viewing, but uh, if it comes... Does our, does our guest have earth in, in their sign? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, yes. other. This is a great segue. Are you recording, Lindsay? Is it on? I hope I'm doing it right. So I've got my it's... voice memo going on my... Yeah other device yeah you should see these like red bars <laughs> happening as you speak yes then you're, it's, you're doing, doing it. it you're doing okay. it then it's happening here. Legion, other we're here we're here with old friend of reed's and oldish friend of mine lindsey clark lindsey and i are colleagues at bard collage and but reed and lindsey you two have known each other since you were six <laughs> uh-huh. No. It feels like no. it at this point. Um, it's not true, but it is a long, long time since we were teens, and now we're not even close to teens. I anymore. think I was sixteen <gasps> when I first met Sounds you. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're gonna have to find Which... a f- read. You're gonna have to find a photo of the two of you as teens. I have. Yeah. We have. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Have. Plenty. <laughs> amazing. Um, but the problem is, is I don't... Lindsay, if you have any at your house, that'd be good, because I'm not in my house. Oh, right. I mean, it and is... And as we know. It's a time... <laughs> <laughs> it was a time that I don't love to remember in the form of pictures. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, when I look so at those... Them? Them? box like deep in a box on a deep shelf just like your feelings and memories about it deep in a box that's right a box deep in a box i well, mean maybe we can open that you... box up easily well have we're jacob gonna open it. it up we're gonna open it up tonight a little bit what'd you say about jacob i said have jacob do it have him go and pick a photo you don't have to pick it have oh. jacob pick it and then he can what are we doing with read. the photo we're going to put it on put our on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. People want people want to see you and Reed as as teens, as just as 
As Bebez. As Bebe Ballerinas. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Oh, thank God. I just... Memory lane is all I want to do. I've been... I've been going back as far as I can in my iPhoto library and just kind of seeing photos and then mailing them to people. Uh-huh. Reed did send me some that really did make me laugh, but I recently... I did it to Lindsay as well. It's, yeah. it's fun. Those it's were fun. good. I mean, they made me feel bad because I looked so <laughs> young and happy. We oh. were having a pretty good time, but also, like, it was all, like... I don't know. Were we that? I remember, like, I was madly busy with school and dancing, and you were, you were also like, well, you had just finished school at that time, right? A couple years in. Okay, so what happened? How did for those of people who don't know your relationship, I do know it. Why don't you explain to our listeners how you two met? Okay. Uh, Go ahead, Lindsay. Okay. What do you have in your mouth? I can hear it. I have a um, invisible aligners. <laughs> yeah, Are they it's, working? It's, yeah, I'm on tray number two. Nice. It's, okay. it's a it's a real treat for our listeners for the next fourteen weeks. <laughs> 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 That's true. But they'll get to hear Reed with a different, um, like with something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like a little yeah. extra. Little it's not sound. great. Yeah, okay. I, I might, I may figure it out one day, but I, it's only, it's only four, fifteen weeks. So right. Oh yeah. So people, so people, and we've already done one week, I think. So people only have another fourteen weeks to listen to Reed mm-hmm. sounding like that. It'll be a breeze. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll, yeah. it'll, as as Judy Jench says to Kate Blanchett, notes on a scandal. It'll fly by when she talks about her prison time. <laughs> Um, okay, okay, so let's go back to the 90s. All right, well, I'm going to... I love the 90s. Read, as you know, my memory's bad. So I'll I'm fill gonna, in the you blanks. You fill it all in. But... I mean, between you and I, it's truly Swiss cheese. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Well, and then I can just make stuff up as it goes along. Yeah. Okay, so um, I first met Reed at Pacific Northwest Ballet in the summer of 19... 19- 97. Mm-mm. Six. 1998. <laughs> 1999. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was 18 years old, 1999. Work. Well, I was there for my first summer in 97. That's why. Mm-hmm. I was there for five summers. Wow. So I met Reed... Um, because you grew up in the arena. Yes, I went to North Carolina School of the Arts for high school. So with I, last week's guests, they were they were same generation. Megan. Uh huh. Yes, but she's younger than me. She's yeah. What's so wild when I had to like dry, like go to Facebook to find an old photo for Philip Tartula's birthday. I found a photo, Lindsay, of you and Megan LaCrone and I hugging at that um, Robin's house in the Hamptons. That was so strange. So I can post that photo. Okay. Wow. Like I'm Megan had just, shocked. of course, sprained her ankle. Like, you know, she was like in a clog and was like, I think I just sprained my ankle. And you were like, oh no. And... <laughs> 
There was that guy. I'm not going to get into too much of this. Anyhow. Don't bother. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Liz. Okay. okay, so. So you went to NCSA. So I went to NCSA for high school, and I, um, in my, I went to School of American Ballet and Pacific Northwest Ballet for my summers, and I met Reed at P&B, and my, really kind of my first memory of Reed is, is walking up. God, walking up the hill, like walking up the hill to our house with um, ice bags strapped around your ankles. <laughs> you were just constantly icing, 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 icing. Wow, that's amazing. And I sitting, have no interest. That's I have no interest in icing anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you took I care of that, it when you were young, right? And also sitting it's, in the conference room and having lunch. In the conference room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Matthew Prescott. Oh my God, oh my God Matthew Prescott. Yes. Because you guys look so similar. We were truly like fraternal twins and then we diverged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, um, how did, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> you go to NCSA and then you go to PNB. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell this part. So, so then, um, I joined the professional division class, which is like the trainee division at Pacific Northwest Ballet, where you, you take classes as a group, but you also rehearse and perform with the company in smaller roles. And, um, we, Lindsay joined our class my second year there after our second summer together at PMB. And that summer we really bonded because we, we had a, our, our friend group kind of became one, which was like Laurel and Mary Mac and Garrett and Courtney. And so then we started the second year together. And I remember you and I, Lindsay, we were back in town before everybody else by a couple of days. And I remember going over to your apartment because Lindsay was living with uh, Mary Mac and Laurel in a one bedroom apartment. And, um, <laughs> Three people and in I, a one bedroom apartment. Uh, and I remember, Dancers like, we life. were so, like, ja- excited, and we were, like, I don't remember, like, exactly what we were doing, but I was, like, wow, I have a new friend. I'm so glad Lindsay oh, is here so for nice. PDs. And then um, we, the beginning of that PD year, we, it wasn't a great class. It was a complicated class because of the personalities in the room, and... Lynn, Lynn, we were working on Sleeping Beauty and we were, we were all tasked with learning various roles in Sleeping Beauty. And I remember that was a big turning point for you. And do you want to tell that story? Yes, because my, (laughs) (laughs) my role was as the wet nurse, which is (laughs) a woman who walks on stage to hold the baby Aurora literally to nurse her Mm -hmm. like do you know what a wet nurse is yeah 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 she's she she's the one like i'll do it because the queen's like (laughs) i'll do it uh the queen's like i'm not in i can't deal with her on my boobs it was a it was a crushing blow yeah because you know normal for 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 a lot of the students you were learning like polonaise or like dryad or I don't know they're not called dryads anyways other parts like more ballerina-y corps de ballet parts I learned none of those parts no parts yeah 
I didn't, so I think that, I went to one rehearsal in which I did nothing. Like they didn't need to call on the wet nurse to like practice right. whatever it was I was going to practice. And then that, I think that's pretty much when I left. And yeah, you were, you were like very abruptly were like, I'm leaving. And we, we were all like, huh? Because, <laughs> you know, we were all so conditioned to this subservient behavior where it was just like, you do whatever they tell you to do and you continually like show face or like if they're, if they're disappointed with you in one regard, then you, then you show emphatically that you're working on it. You're like, I'm in Pilates and I'm in physical therapy and I'm good enough to be in your company. And they're always watching you through the windows because the whole building was made of glass. Or from the balcony. Yeah. So Lindsay uh, announced that she was leaving and I was stunned. But in the end, obviously it was like a very wise choice because so many of us just stuck around and were miserable forever. Well, I had just come out of NCSA, which was torture. Like, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think it wasn't just the P&B experience that I was like, oh, no, this is too much. It was coming out of three years of really, really difficult um, yeah. uh, situations. Especially and you had a you had a complicated relationship with Melissa Hayden. I did. I was in all of her pieces and it would be the same pattern would play out in every one. So at the beginning of the rehearsal process, she would say things like, Why can't everyone do it like Lindsay? Lindsay's the best. You know, I mean she actually sounded like that. And then and then slowly I would start to become the, like the whipping boy and, um, I would get demoted and, um, I would be moved from one part to another. I never actually got kicked out of a piece, but I, at the end, it was always like, you're garbage. You got egg in your face. You know, you're eliminated. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, wait, wait, did Melissa Hayden ever say you're eliminated? Oh yeah. So when uh, we were doing Serenade with this is so um, cool because we've had guests on before from NCSA and have had like some Hayden stories, but like I've never heard you're eliminated. This is incredible. yeah. We so we were doing Serenade. We were um, Carolina Ballet had just been formed. I think it. I don't know my junior year or senior year. I think it was my senior year and they needed extra core mm -hmm. to fill out serenade and so they um hired us i think they actually paid us um and uh it was the first rehearsal that we had with carolina we had been rehearsing just the school kids and then carolina ballet came in and uh i was we had done a run through, I think, I don't know, it doesn't matter. And I was sort of like at the back of the studio and Melissa came from the, charging from the front of the studio all the way back. But you know, I'm really tall for yes. people who don't know. And Melissa is very petite or was very petite. And she comes charging from the front of the room, pushes me up against the back wall, against the bar. Bed. 
Yeah, and she, you know, she's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really sad. It's sad now, but it wasn't sad then. It was just grotesque terrifying. and awful. Yeah, right. and terrifying. Yeah. And she's spitting all over herself, and she's just screaming at me, You're eliminated! Eliminated! <laughs> <laughs> With all these company members watching, I mean, it was... it. I... But it was horrible... And also totally predictable. And I was so hardened at that point that I just, I just left. I just left the room. I have a question. Were were you eliminated from the piece? No. She never (laughs) followed. (laughs) It was just a show. It was like a show for, for the company members, I think. Right. You know, uh, it was like a power play. And then (sighs) later... I think I just like came back into the room. I don't remember. There was a time at School of the Arts where every where every Friday, so we would rehearse our our like big stage productions in the little theater in DeMille. And I remember that like by the time we got to Friday, I was just I just would be falling apart in the wings. Like just unable to keep it together, but it was really important that uh, Miss Hayden never saw you cry. Right. You know, it was like, because it's kind of a similar, similar personality to other people that I've worked with, where like, when you, when you start to show your weakness, weakness, I'm putting that in quotes. Meaning um, that you're a vulnerable human being. (laughs) Right. Then they just get in there with their talons and start, Right. Tearing you apart. So um, she wanted pushback. She wanted strength, even if it was totally, you know, fake. So by the time I got to P&B, I was, all it took was, (laughs) please be our wet nurse for me to (laughs) say. And you were like, I'm good. (laughs) I, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, but not only like I'm good, but also like, she was good. So, like, she understood that, like, this was below her abilities. Yeah. So, um... No, but what I mean with, like, I'm good, I've had my fill of abuse. I know. And I, like, I my... Know. And the fill of of a very specific... I mean, it's so cliche. But this. it wasn't... I wasn't... I wouldn't say I've had my fill because it. I was not feeling like I am worthy. I'm gonna go, uh you know, do my thing somewhere else where other people love me. No, I was, I was totally crushed. I meant your fill of disappointment and abuse. I did not mean your fill of like having had a feeling of success by the measure of the people on the others who are not you measuring it. But I certainly had no sense of worthiness. It was just like, if I don't leave now, I'm going to die. Right. Right. That was basically it. And so where, where, where'd you go right away? I went home. To Santa Cruz. To Santa Cruz. And then I moved to New York mm-hmm. in February. Of and I... 2001. 2001. Thank you, Reed. And I moved in with a a woman who was a student in our class at PNB. I moved in with her mother. Oh, oh I remember, yeah. 
moved in with her mother, like into her old room at her mother's apartment in Stuyvesant Town. And I worked for um, great performances as a catering person. And um, I, <laughs> I, I also worked at Steps on Broadway. And um, I was really, I was just like really sick and depressed. It was so, it was a bad situation. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, and I auditioned for Juilliard. <laughs> oh yeah, but you had been waitlisted at Juilliard the previous year. So you had good reason to be like, I'm gonna go to Juilliard next year. Right, they wasted, waitlisted me the previous year, called me in the summer to say, um, we decided to take a man instead of you. So it was between you. <laughs> it's really good that at this point we can laugh about these things. <laughs> oh, God. Well, what are you going to do? You know? Um, so yeah. So I auditioned for, for Juilliard again. I got cut, um, which is not, <laughs> which is not surprising. I was in a really bad place. Um, I was like going, you know, catering, doing these big catering events on, we go, like, go to the Statue of Liberty. Did you ever do one of those, Reed? I've done, I did Ellis Island. Yeah, yeah, Ellis Island. And then um, you get back home. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You know, they, I'm they just laughing you. about picturing a catering event in the Statue of Liberty. No, no. <laughs> where no, it's no. like... It okay, was very everyone, small. they're coming up to the torch, so let's get those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's everyone light Cham your flambés. Okay, don't drop any champagne flutes, you guys. Exactly. There's no stairs. <laughs> exactly. Ellis Island, okay, yeah. Ellis Island. You know, you're in your plastic tux and just trying to work as little as possible, and then at the end of and the night... And steal as much food as possible. Ugh. And then, at the, yeah, and then at the end of the night, they feed you all of the delicious food. And then you ride back on the ferry. And then um, right next to the apartment that I was living in was a Dunkin' Donuts was, that was open 24-7. <laughs> I would buy some donuts and go home and, and eat them and just feel so sad about my life. And then go audition for Juilliard the next morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And so then what? I think before you left PMB or in a phone call, I think I was like, you should maybe think about also auditioning for Purchase to keep all your... I think, yeah, I think that was maybe when we were talking later and I didn't know what to do. You said, I loved Purchase. <laughs> I went there for a year and a half. I loved it. Yeah, I had a good time. Um, yeah. So I auditioned for Purchase in a snowstorm. Romance. <laughs> in which the van broke down Hideous. and this woman who was auditioning for the MFA program got out and slipped and fell and hurt herself on the ice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she did not end up going to the program. Um, but I did because Reed told me to. <laughs> And I really had nothing else. I had look. I had I'm not else. apologizing for this. I think it worked out in a way. I think it did too. I mean, it was a, it was a milder repeat of NCSA, um, and I was ready for 
the conservatory life in a way that I think a lot of people find it hard to go into conservatory for college. And it was just, it, it was so much easier than NCSA uh, that, and also felt very familiar um, in, in kind of like the workload and the routine. And Were you and Stewie in the same class? No, he was a freshman when I was a senior. Oh, Stuart Singer. Wait, is okay. that true? No. Junior. He was a freshman when I was a junior, yeah. I would have really laughed. He would have been like, no, he was a freshman when I was a senior. No, wait, we were in the same class, yeah. <laughs> because um, I am liking some of the the shattering effects of these memories. Okay. Oh, God. So then you did but, purchase. Who did your senior solo? Um, a man named Istvan Yuhosh, who I met. <laughs> you guys. I met him in Rotterdam. I spent a semester abroad in Rotterdam, and he was an uh, ex Sheva person. And so he he made me a solo um, that then I performed a lot. You know, it's like a group show, obviously. And one of the other women who was in the senior show with me, she had an actual... Ohad Naharan piece set on her oh. and it was essentially the exact same piece <laughs> oh no <laughs> so sad oh yeah. man so I got the rip off version wow there's many but you made uh, friends but you got to many, make friends ma- with um you made friends with Svanimir because you went to Rotterdam that's right I didn't know who you were talking about for a second when you said that name <laughs> but yes that's right, yes. my good, good friend who you just said. That's right. <laughs> Lin- Lindsay used to read me letters that Svonimir would write to her or emails that were absolute comedy, screaming, crying comedy. So good. <laughs> wow, I wonder if I have any of those. Now, where is Svonimir from? I don't... I honestly couldn't tell you anything about I mean, I really think... <laughs> I really think the extent of their friendship is your memory and some emails you remembered. And I think it has left watching Lindsay's face when you said his name spoke volumes because it was really, it was like, I'm glad that friendship happened for you, Reed, via me. (laughs) But I myself might not have been there. (laughs) I, I do... I remember his name and I remember what he looked like. Lindsay, anyway, we meet so not... many people. You know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Do you know? So you so, also so you do so you do this Ohad knockoff of which you know men. There's so many. They they still go on. With there's we're always surrounded by that, and um, and it ends up being okay. And then and then uh, I graduated from college and I moved into an apartment in Crown Heights with um, my good friend Elise and Stuart. And there were a couple other people that like came in and out of the house, but um, Stuart and I, so Stuart graduated early because he uh, was in Bill T. Jones. And we just kind of like lost our minds together in that apartment in the most wonderful way. You two Um, will always, you and Stuart and Reed will always feel like siblings to me. Like that's nice. The three of you have like a very. When I 
re-met Reed, it was, it was very, the interaction was like, oh, the three of them are siblings. Well, it's long and it's complicated and it's, um, it's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Siblings. Yeah. We've been, we've been through a lot together. Yeah. I mean, I feel so close to Reed because we share these really traumatic experiences. (laughs) You share the real trauma ballet experiences and you didn't, but you were getting But that's also carried on. Like it wasn't just a ballet thing, you know? So, um, and, and Stuart as well. Yeah. And I, you know, Lynn, our lives are about to reconverge as the story moves forward beyond college because as Lindsay was graduating purchase, I was starting to get towards the end of my ballet career when I was like, this is ridiculous. Right. I, I can't be in ballet companies anymore. I have to live in New York. And I, I was seeing, you know, Lindsay and Stuart and others periodically when I'd go back home for summer break. And then at a certain point I was like, I have to just now live in New York. And this is when Lindsay, you were living in Crown Heights in the other apartment um, where you burned a hole in the rug. Remember that? Wow, watching Lindsay's face on that one too. This is an incredible duet, by the way. It's really, (laughs) I pretty much feel I could write this show and people would feel it was durational. Um, Oh, with Newport. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I helped you very, try to very... camouflage the hole by carving out a square of the rug and then replacing it with the same rug. And please, you, for anyone who's listening, and Jack, you should know that the room was almost pitch black. Like, it, there were no windows <laughs> in it. The carpet was this, like, dark office carpet. There's no way <laughs> anyone would have even noticed. How did you do it? With a cigarette? I think... Well, no, I thought about this. Iron. I thought about this. It fell um, over. I see. I thought, of, oh, the, the wound. I thought you were saying, yeah. how'd you fix it? But I, I was going to say, I, I remembered a chapter in one of the Laura Ingalls Wilder books where in Farmer Boy, where it's a book about her husband, where the sis, or he throws a shoe polish against the wall while the parents are away. And then they're all flipped out because it damages the wallpaper. And then his older sister cuts carefully cuts out a square of the wallpaper and then replaces it and matches up the print with a scrap from upstairs and the parents don't notice and that's how you that's exactly what you did this um spooky office rug in a pitch black room that Lindsay lived in exactly. yeah it had all the little like um plastic Fibers. threads mm-hmm. and yeah. and he he took like a a, a chopstick and was like Poking them in. Poked it. it sounds well. Reads very crafty. Of time. Reed is, Felt it. Yeah, Reads very crafty and industrious. I remember once coming and we were doing some show and I was crying because of some reason and uh, Reed was like, "Well, you have a hole in the bottom of your sock. I'll fix that and then you'll feel better." Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, darn your sock! It was, but he fixed this hole in the bottom of my sock and I did feel a little better. I stopped crying. He was like, "Okay, stop crying now." Wait, Lindsay, what did you do after graduation? Like, Um, professionally? Well, first, I went to the yard. Oh, my God. You know, when I was talking to Jacob about that I was going to do this interview with you guys, and he was like, you have so many good stories. And I was like, yeah, but all of my stories um, are about other people's embarrassing moments. And I... I can't, 
But you were there, Lindsay. You were there. It's very, it's very Lanu. It's very, it's very Lanu and my brilliant friend, Lindsay. It's, it's very like you observe and watch. You must, you must, <laughs> you must read my brilliant friend. It's so important, Lindsay. Lanu. You really have to. I'll, I'll send them to you if need be. I do, re- I do remember some, some stories and the one picturing, cause I really, I remember seeing Rite of Spring at, Lincoln Center and really being like, wow, I love that. And then Reed and I reconnected and he was like, I got a story for you and told me about someone getting lost in the fabric and someone laughing on stage during it. And I wish I could have seen that show. That is <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the better that show. Is well, really Lindsay, how many years were you kind of roughing it as a freelancer in the city before you got the Shenway job? Oh, None. I mean, I, I graduated when, wait, where are we? I, college. Okay. Graduated, went to the yard, moved to the city. And then in January, the January after that audition for Shenway. Okay. And so that all happened pretty fast. Right. And I would have, I guess, then joined the company uh, either four months later or a year and four months later. What was it? I think a year and four months later because what happened was I was brought on as an unpaid apprentice. Naturally. I don't know what the word. Naturally. Oh, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> and I immediately went on tour. Like I was hired and a week later I went on tour and performed. Um, Wait, Lindsay, I'm so sorry to go back. I know that we're now attached to this chronology, but will you tell the story of right when you joined Shen Wei and the, um, the miracle money came to you? (laughs) That wasn't when that, well, that was definitely after the first tour. Oh, okay. Okay. It was after a period of not being paid. Right. So I was working full time for Shen Wei without being paid. How did that happen? That's how it goes. That's, uh, how, it that's how it went. And I said, yes. Yeah. So Wait, you were, you would work full time as a dancer, but not be for, paid for eight weeks. Yeah. I eight got weeks. Right. Eight weeks. I got stipend on tour, you know, for my food. And I, I don't know how it. many weeks it must've been at least a month into it. If not more, it was before I got my first paycheck. Stuart and I were walking to St. Mark's church. <laughs> and I <laughs> I had zero dollars and we were about a block away and all of a sudden we are just surrounded by $20 bills flying through the air I don't know where they came from but it was like a money grab like and and there was no one else on the street there was no one else trying to pick up the money it was just the two of us like <laughs> Frantically grabbing at the money and laughing and feeling euphoric and also so confused. And then basically I kept all the money (laughs) because Stuart had a job. Yeah, I was going to say, I I hope Stuart gave you whatever he caught because he did. I mean, I think he was a little upset, but. But he actually had a, (laughs) Bill was paying him. Understandably. But it was enough Um, to pay the rent. Correct. It was. It was like the exact amount I needed to pay that, my rent. It's truly a miracle. Are you serious? It was the exact I'm amount? I'm serious. It was. That is, that's one it of those was. incredible New York stories that people, if they read in a book, would be like, that's too broad. And it's like, it actually <laughs> and they were happened. Brand new, 
They were brand new $20 They must bills. have flown out of a truck that was going to an ATM. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> an armored yes. truck? Just like leaking? Yeah, and... some queen didn't like close the, the back door correctly. So then you're with Shenway being unpaid for... So what, what was the contract? Like, you're going to work for me for eight weeks before I pay you, and then I'll pay you. Yeah, wow. and so you there get two, were two... They get two months of free labor out of you. And it's trial. Yeah, there were two they, other... They don't have to hire you when that's over. It, they can no, there were two. You. there were two other people who were, who were selected from the audition that I was in that didn't get hired. So we went to Rome. We did this Midwest tour. We went to three cities in the Midwest. Um, I think that's when Kate fell on her head. There was a lot of, I mean, the work, the work is really taxing yes. and stressful. And so there's a lot of opportunity for injury. Um, and then, yeah. And then I remember I was in Sfi's class when the executive director or the maybe it was just a manager at the time, called me, and I think her name was Patty. And she told me that they were going to give me a contract, and I went back into class, and I told Stuart, and the class was just starting, and I cried through plies. Because you had a job. Because it was really, it was really validating. Yeah. yeah. It was the thing that I had been needing. Yeah. And Shen Wei, at that moment in time, was like, great company, and he was making great work, and their touring was really, um, I, I don't want to say great, but it was prestigious. Other people thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the reality of touring was very hard. Yeah. Um, I couldn't handle the, uh, the jet lag. I couldn't handle the lack of sleep combined with the stress. It was, um, well, Reed can tell you. I mean, I Reed's just... told me every, stories, for sure. Every tour, I would just yeah. lose my well, mind. And oh, no, Reed hasn't told me stories about you. Really fun but Reed has told but me it, stories about well, just the company and touring the with Lindsay, Touring with Lindsay to Europe was complicated because you had and have continued to have, you know, food restrictions. And... So, oh, you know, in, I mean, in no, Europe, not anymore. It was just it was like so... bread and cheese. And Lindsay was well, like, we were always in Italy. She was like, I guess I'm not eating. And then also you were like, how come none of these places have trees? It's just all these stone old cities. And I was like, oh my uh-huh. God. <laughs> I hated And I don't know if I would still feel this way, but at the time, the architecture, this is going to sound so bizarre, but the stone interiors of the buildings <laughs> were so... So oppressive to me. One time, like we were, we it was, it was like a very close group of dancers. We were, we kind of all loved each other, but it was like a complicated group where like Lindsay couldn't eat; she was always exhausted. Joan couldn't eat, and her hips were broken. And like Daichin was out of his mind. It you know it was like a lot of things at once. I remember being in Barcelona, and you, we we were in a big studio rehearsing, which was always nice. And someone said, oh, can you shut the curtain on the mirror because we're about to rehearse? And Lindsay was like, I'll do it. She gets up and she, we all were sort of observing her and she starts pulling a curtain and she walks probably like 40 feet across the whole room pulling this curtain. And we're all like, what on earth? Because Lindsay was pulling a, pr- a 
approximate. It was like on a on a track. She was pulling probably twelve inches of curtain that was separate from all the rest of the curtain, but she didn't feel it. So she just traversed the entire space, like slowly trudging across the room, not in fact pulling any curtain at all. It was like as if I was pulling fifty pounds. But of you only had grabbed like some weird little bit of a sliver of curtain sliver. that wasn't attached to the rest yeah and then of course you know and, we all uh, cried with laughter through most of class because that was like how we coped <gasps> with the exhaustion and stress of the whole thing that was such a good moment yeah, that was, was great the the <sighs> laughter stories so that hard. i've heard come out of the company are have always made me laugh really hard it's i mean That's the pressure funny. well the pressure of it the intensity the uh the oh. <laughs> lack of uh, praise. And... Well, I remember my very first, like, real big stage performance with the company was at the Spoleto Festival in Charleston, and we were doing, like, a reconfigured <laughs> Connect Transfer, and he was making a trio for Lindsay and Ocean and me, like, literally the day before the show, and then, like, the day of the show... He, like, cut Ocean and was like, it's a duet now, and you and Lindsay will do it. And we were like, okay. So he basically choreographed this duet, and then I had never performed with the company, and, like, I was like, Lindsay, can we, can we practice? <laughs> it's like, literally, we're already painted white in our black unitards, like, about to do the show. And Did we not just make it up? I don't know how that duet was made, quite frankly, but... We were going over our moves and I was doing like an arabesque turn over Lindsay's head and I kicked her in the head and Lindsay immediately started crying and I, I was like, oh no, oh God, oh God. And my very first entrance in the piece was like a tacked on additional uh, floor painting solo that happened towards the beginning of the dance and I went out there and utter completely blanked and I did like one move over and over and over and over again until I just like got up and left. Did you get in trouble? Shen Wei didn't really understand and after the show he's like he's like I think you did good job. He's like but maybe maybe you do one move too many times. I was like yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many non-memories like that of of having performed and have become completely unconscious. Like, no memory of what happened. I think I probably did something like the choreography, but it was a a lot of -of out-of-body experience. It's like, it was so intense that I can barely remember it. I didn't breathe at all. For years. It was for years. (laughs) And then when um, did you leave? Um, I left two and a half years yeah. later in. And uh, I mean, that was it was complicated because he he really trusted you. And in fact, he like he developed a whole piece on just Lindsay. He essentially asked the rest of the company to please leave rehearsal for two weeks and made a dance for just Lindsay before he invited other people back in to learn what they had created together. So yes, yes. And during that process, maybe half the time he was saying, I wish you were like Alexa. (laughs) Right. 
you're not Alexa. Alexa, so, Alexa was a classmate of mine at Purchase College who was a muse of Shen Wei's from the beginning. Uh, at any rate. I mean, I think it, Shen Wei gave me a lot of performing experience, even if <clears throat> it's not necessarily the kind of performing that I'm interested in doing, but... Um, it was a, I think it was a necessary, or it was an important thing for me to do. It was important to feel like a lot of people looking at me. And, and for any of us who've like been through a conservatory environment or dance school environment, like to just get hired, to get a contract is an instant validation that then allows you like, a, there's a huge relief because beyond that, it's like, oh, I did it. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, and there were, <clears throat> like, ecstatic... I remember this when we went to want Montreal. Were you there in Montreal? No. Um, it was in in the winter in Montreal. So it was the White Nights Festival. Everything was underground. And we did folding, and at the, at this piece called Folding, yeah. and at the end of Folding, there is a bow that's almost, like, half as long as the entire piece. The audience stood up like gave a standing ovation for the entire bow and it was just chilling it was like everything that i wanted from that job of just feeling so alive and so um pumped by all these people and it was a huge huge auditorium i mean that was the amazing thing about that job too is that we performed in huge auditoriums in huge amazing houses like the Het Ama- Music Theater yeah. and the Disney Hall and like really amazing theaters. Where did and the State Theater? That's be- right. I mean, that's where I saw Rite of Spring. Yeah, we did the opera at State Theater, which was like a whole other yeah. thing. Actually, not very fulfilling. No, but <laughs> <laughs> but it did all the things that I thought that I wanted and that I did want from being a dancer. It turns out I'm not very interested in that anymore, but at the time, and maybe that's because I checked it off. Yeah. You know, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time at that audition to get that job. And, and then you worked with, like, a the, the downtown crew, really, I feel like. Yeah, so then, so then I did kind of the exact same thing again. I was like, what do I do? Um, Sarah Procopio said, you should go to Holland. So I did. <laughs> uh, so then I got my MFA. I, rem- I remember <clears throat> seeing your MFA piece at CPR. You did. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that was an interesting time to go straight from Shen Wei into... Donna Fay. Making my own work. Right. Yeah, right. And really trying to, like, mine myself for what I was interested in. I'm very excited to talk about the piece you did at Dixon Place when we get to it. Which piece was that? I curated With it. With Jacob? Mm-mm. So, but let's talk through. So you do, let's, I like that we're sticking to a chronology. <laughs> Even though we're all coughing. Well, okay, and... so Lindsay uh, finished Shen Wei. She Guess went away for a year to get her master's degree. And then promptly when you came back to New York, you and I moved in together to that apartment on Coney Island Avenue. Yeah, and I started Faye's piece. That's right. And you danced with Faye, and you danced with Miguel, and you danced with Michelle Boulay, and you danced with John Jaspers, Excuse and you danced me. with... Um, Excuse who was me. the 
Uh, excuse me. Uh, I knew. Uh, <laughs> but Jack, we never like made anything. It's true. Oh, she danced. We were never in. Process. She danced with Jack as first, second cast to Brianna. But that's not true, like, Lindsay. We did make that gala piece for um, at the time PS one twenty two, where it was you and Burr and Burr. Jack and when you say we made it, we like stood in a studio for a half an hour, and you were like Burr. Put your leg up or something. No, I, I for know. both of you, I and was like, let me see you bot ma and mirror it. And I was like, great. And now put your hands up, make claw hands, shift them over here. Now do an attitude. Like. But, and then we yeah. were done. And then we did A it. long process. I think, yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon well, saw it. It was, you know, it was only like a three minute piece. And then you had to come and pick me up at yeah. another point and like, just carry me around. Did I really? Yep. I love whatever happened to your memory. And um, it's just part of the process. I don't know. Is it because I had a baby? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you do have a lot. I to be to be a teacher and have a child, um, and you're still engaged with your making practice. I talked about the piece that I saw at Bard. Um, this very. It's true. Um, described it in detail. I did. Um. That's nice. Well, it's, I'm not nice, but I'm Lin- kind and truthful. L- Lindsay, after all this dancing and, and dancing for, you know, makers that we all love and admire and doing great works, did, and I know that from an outsider's point of view, like a lot of dancers in New York really admired you as a dancer. Did you, do you feel that? And do you feel like, um, do you feel a sense of validation from that? I feel, um, totally invisible right now. I feel my performance self is just gone up here. Even though I performed, it's like, um, I, you know, when I got pregnant, I was making uh, a piece with Juliana May who is my dreamboat choreographer. It was amazing to work with her. And in this, the second piece that we were making together, my, I got pregnant and then my due date was, or the show was supposed to happen like a month and a half after my due date. So, um, so she fired me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so no, that's terrible. I mean, you, of course, I don't mean that in any uh, spiteful way towards Juliana. And I will say that that moment, I look, now I look back and it's like, wow, that's when it really ended. Like, that was a real break for me and I didn't, uh, I didn't fully realize I mean, I was making a human, so I was consumed with that. And then I had a very difficult birth, and um, and then we quickly moved up to the Hudson Valley, and my husband was very disabled at that point in time. And now th- we're in a pandemic. And it, it's like, it feels like if that wasn't happening... I was making a piece on two students at Bard and it felt like, and I was actually like making dance moves, which is not 
has never been of interest to me, but all of a sudden my, I, I was interested in that. I was excited by choreography or just interested in seeing what was coming out of my body, um, coming out of me, I should say. Um, so I feel when I really think about that, when I really think about that loss, it feels, I, I don't know, I don't know where I am as, as a dancer, artist, person. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know how I'm going to keep performing. I am so accustomed to being, and I love being in a directed, I love being directed. I love pushing up against somebody else's ideas. I love having a container to exercise my own choices inside of. That's that a container that I didn't make. I want somebody else to be responsible for the thing as a whole and to be able to make choices inside of that and to be asked to do things that are outside of my comfort zone that I wouldn't necessarily ask myself to do. So, you know how there's this kind of like, like toxic positivity happening right now with like, you know, take care of yourself and all the good things that you can do for yourself while you're in isolation and uh, and I'm calling it toxic because it's toxic for me because I can't, I have spent pretty much my whole life, I shouldn't say that's, that's too much, that's hyperbole. I've spent a lot of time being in an abusive relationship with myself, specifically in a dance context and being asked to stay fit and stay in a certain shape and a certain look. So when it's only on me to take care of myself and uh, like privilege feeling good, I c it's almost impossible for me to do that. So the combination of, it's like extra isolation. It's, it's like the be from when I got pregnant up until right now, it's like I have removed and removed and removed myself from the identity that I really felt like I came to know myself inside of, which is as a performer. Um, before you got, and before that happened, I mean, the piece that, I, that I'm recalling that I curated at Dixon Place was, it was a piece, it was a, a solo, and in it you did various gestures from all of the choreographers you had worked with. And oh, then yeah. you stopped and you stood in front of some different audience members and said, I'm trying to feel something. And you would go to different audience members and stand in front of them to see if you could feel something from them. And then you went and sat down in the back and you said, I'm just not feeling anything from you. And you left. And I <laughs> was like, work and did I you did and I remember mm. you being like I can't believe and afterwards you were like I don't know what I just did and I was like well you're talking about your relationship with the audience and what do you want from them and which how does this relationship go and it's is it always what happens when the performer asks and actually engages in some way literally not around and not even about themselves, but about performativity. And 
it was, but I remember it being, and it was this thing, and I felt in the same way in watching your Holland solo, where there was an edginess to it, and I felt the same way in the solo that I saw at Bard. There, that the process as well of you dealing with spectatorship and that you're being viewed and what that means inside of dance, I like that there's many narratives about that and you seem to, it always felt like you were jostling with those narratives, fighting with them. I mean, yeah, being witnessed in self-discovery is everything. It like, it it turns me on. It it ignites something in me. It freaks me out, and I and I love that. So in the absence of that, um, I don't know what I'm saying about that. I guess you said the word Jack. You said the word edge, and I think that is really Im- important for me to like push up against. Well, that's always been my experience of you, Lindsay. Like, I don't know you like Reed knows you, but you have said some very, you have said very grounding things to me and you have said very direct things to me. And you have said something I'm not going to say on this podcast that was so incredibly direct to me without knowing me very well. And I, it was why when Brianna was like, I'm off to Europe. And I was like, fuck, someone has to play this part with Reed. And I was like, Oh, I, God, I wonder if Lindsay would do it because I had such respect for you. Mm, that's interesting. Sometimes my, I have a lack of filter and it can really get I know, me in I like trouble. That, so I that works, works for me you. because then I know where people are. <laughs> I mean, have you noticed I have yeah. a podcast with Reed? It's like, I, I, in terms of people being direct, it was also that, and when you were, and when you were so direct, I did not find you to say it in a cruel way at all. You were, it wasn't mean. There's a difference between saying something mean and saying something and uh, truthful. I mean, one can say something truthfully mean, but it's not what you did. You were just very direct with me, and I liked that. Um, I found it empowering. So I, I'm feeling overwhelmed by how, how much information and history there is potentially to share that we absolutely, there's no way unless there's sort of a five-part episode. Um, but... Lindsay, for those listeners who might have any questions for her, and I'm not ending the episode, but all this to say, you know, you're you're a licensed Alexander clinician, you have a master's degree, you're a professor at Bard College, you've had like an illustrious dance career, and um, and even with all that, you know, our relationship to dance and performance can be so confusing, um, and and trying to understand what our place in the universe of dance or performance or just sort of being alive is. So, and I think it's a, it's a really good story for people who are continually struggling inside of whatever practice they have. And I think it's so great that in the same way that I have, you've continued to move on from each thing as it becomes not important to you or not useful to you anymore. Well, or even abusive. I mean, I think that there also has to be, and it's why, and it's interesting, Lindsay, because I think... I don't know. The for me as someone who has needed to take in the last few years really giant steps back in in ways that I think are opposite to how I am perhaps perceived. That and it was why I brought up Elena Ferrante. I felt this 
shattering thing that was happening that I couldn't put a name to and I didn't know how to talk about what was happening to me as a maker, as a performer with with an abuse history that I found in Elena Ferrante's writing. And it's very, Mm -hmm. she's really coming at it much definitely from a a standpoint of a woman uh, of a, and then in terms of the narrator, a woman who's a writer who has a child and that change, how, what that changes, but also this friend who's edgy, who is also sort of her. And I think there is something to, I, something that I find really empowering actually about recognizing the shattering process and, and being able to withstand it, withhold it, uh, or not withhold it, withstand it and hold onto nothing actually to kind of let go into it and see what happens. Well, it's amazing how many times that can yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> I I think we're, well, I don't want to make a broad sweeping statement, but I, there is a resilience that is always surprising to me looking back at what I have experienced. Um, and I don't mean to say that, that it's any, any, any worse than anybody else's, but, um, well, I mean, even but, through this, even through us talking through this, when you even think about the way it felt at that Dunkin' Donuts, you know, to that and that you got through that, I think it's a real, and and by that, I mean the psychological state you were in, I think. So it was bad. It was really yeah. bad. But, you know, Lindsay, but, I do feel like many dancers and dancers who've dealt with disappointment or have an idea they feel they can't attain, you have a really powerful memory of the joy of dance from your childhood and I do feel like that kind of like I mean I'm I'm being presumptuous but I know you, you made a dance where like you played video of yourself dancing around as a child that was her Holland's Masters well yes. right so I would so I would say that that wasn't a I didn't have that memory oh. that was me looking right. at a video of myself looking right joyful right it fell through the holes in the cheese it fell through the holes in the i read it i read um, it much and, more in how you're <clears throat> describing it with Lindsay. it was the thing and of, i and i think of, that a very fraught relationship actually with it that joy that joy like joy of dance did not come to me until phase piece like later but later, you did speak about having that later. sense of jolt and, and excitement with Shanway, like of the audience response, but that's yeah, not necessarily but like, the dancing. But like fear-based, like born right. of fear. Yeah, right. and that's not really... Not a, not like I am right. my full person right. on stage. But you, you I um, mean, you, your relationship to movement in Svi's class, et cetera, seemed always very positive and it seemed to feed you in, in a good way. It wasn't about, I mean, there is a, obviously a performance element to that kind of class taking. Absolutely. Yeah, I would be nervous every time I went across the floor. Well, yeah, you were being watched, Lindsay. And I felt that, and I yeah. loved that. And I, and I, and my, uh, my relationship to ballet has g- just done a full, is it 180? Sure. <laughs> Because it's is, now you're really is it into 360? it. Is it three sixty? I don't know. Is it that that through 
through my. Well, how did you start? How, what was the what was the? Oh, right, exactly. Where am I going back to or away from? I would just say like that it was it was a really fraught relationship, and then I moved through that and found freedom and joy in my body and inside of the form, and then and then had to do it again when I came to Bard and realized that like. I, there was no, um, I didn't have a common ground of hating the thing, um, with the students. I had to just go straight for the love of it. Like these students are electing to do this thing because, because they want to, no one is forcing them to. Um, and so that was also kind of a cracking open and a little painful to just, have to love it. Well, and I think, and as an educator, there's something inside of it that there can be things that I don't, that I don't love, but that I will give the respect to teaching Mm. as part of, as part of that, I understand it's foundational. Mm. And, and I think that's what's so, it's where I, and it is what's so weird of divorce of where my maker self joins my teacher self, but where also my teacher self will divorce from my maker self mm. so that I can give a foundation, these foundations that I might be like, oh, I'm not into that myself, but you should know that as part of this education. Right. So to, there is a kind of, I don't know. I think at least I think that's the sort of, because so many t- people that I had growing up who were teachers were so opinionated and it was honestly, they just taught from themselves and their ego and I'm trying to be what I didn't right, have. Right. And that's when, that's when it's a bad teaching day for me when I can't stop yeah. talking. Oh. Hmm. Like that's also something I'm learning. That's my big, that's my big learning edge up here. Well, I'm so glad you, I mean, I, we don't ever see each other. We see each, we literally, uh, we teach literally in the same building and we see each other mainly in our cars passing mm-hmm. each other coming to and from the building, which also speaks to what the work is like as well. It's exhausting. It's really, it takes I everything. I think it's really, wish, sorry. <laughs> I think it's so like after this whole story, it's so great for these students to have a teacher who's been through a complicated experience with ballet, teaching them ballet. Because so often Mm. ballet teachers are people who have a sort of uncomplicated experience in terms of having had a very simple ballet career and then they teach ballet. But you are Mm. coming at it with a great deal more knowledge. And, And- But Reed, I don't think anyone has an uncomplicated ballet career. Well, I mean, I think that with all of your experience and with the kind of feeling that you come to ballet with, both in terms of love and disappointment, I think it makes for a very interesting kind of teaching. I think so, too. I love it. I love it. Well, and that you have the Alexander training and then worked with people like John and Juliana. Well, you have all the things. You have classical modern dance training and then more esoteric modern dance and performance and it's all there. Yeah, it was it was that fun is... to perform my own work in front of my students who had only ever seen me teach a ballet class. Um, I mean, it was really wonderful to make something up here because there was like absolutely zero. The stakes were none. 
And that was always, uh, I mean, that I was never interested in being a choreographer in New York because I was not interested in climbing that ladder or fighting for my place at all. Um, mm. So, yeah, and I, it was nice to talk to the students afterwards, and they're so smart. They're so smart up here. I love our students. It's well, I mean, it's also the joy of teaching in a BA. It's really because you have students who are as invested in your class as going and taking a psych or a chem. And it's that diversity of thought. And I mean, it's sort of this we're wrapping up at where it started of as I go through it's it's why it's I I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really adore the Bard students. They're, they're wonderful. I really, they're, yeah, they, they are one of the few things that make me feel good about the future. And it it gives me so much, it just gives me so much confidence. I mean, now that I've been here for, or, you know, I've seen a class move through freshman to senior, um, it just gives me so much faith in, learning and change because between freshmen and senior, they become themselves in a way that you can never anticipate. They come in as children and they exit as young adults. And it's so moving. It's, it's. And and how are you finding raising your own child in quarantine? How am I finding that? (laughs) Yeah, how's that? Well, I am very blessed at the moment to have my parents staying here. Um, They're not staying with me, but they take care of her for part of the day. They are about to leave, which is incredibly daunting. Um, But, you know, my toddler is a year and nine months old. So she is at a point in her life where um, you, you you have to be with her all the time. She can't play on her own, obviously. And she also needs a lot of, she's a really, uh, I mean, she can, she can play for stretches of time or read, you know, read. She looks at books and, um, (laughs) (laughs) she's the birth mart. Um, and, but she wants to interact a lot Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, she's so smart. She's so smart. I mean, she's saving me. She's saving me in this moment. Because she's hilarious and yeah, she's really funny, um, really smart, and and she keeps me on a schedule. You know, yeah, I'd probably be an alcoholic if she wasn't here. <laughs> 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 um, but I can't. I can't. Right. You know, I have to be responsible for her well-being. And- I- I do have very fond memories of you um, binging series on the couch in like a very organized way. You, you went at them with on a mission. I feel that's what you'd be doing in quarantine. I still do that. I still do that. I... <laughs> she was just saying she'd be doing that with a fifth <laughs> I see. Of, of whiskey. Well, as so well. I watched. Yeah. I watched Grey's Anatomy season fifteen, and then I watched season wow. fourteen, and now I'm watching sixteen because it doesn't matter. Because wow. with that show, Lindsay, I'm telling you, it. I, if you well, I don't. If you don't have the capacity to read, 
Um, my brilliant friend is on HBO, so you could just watch. You should series. just. You can just watch it. Actually, oh, it's like kind of as good as the books. I mean, I definitely I watch Grey's because I need a moment in my day where I can just disappear, and so that's what that does for me. It's so great. It is great. Yes, it's great. It's like this, just the right dose of drama and um, total. Like it's totally inconsequential. Like it's like yeah, nothing. I don't think I have anything like that. It's I have to just rewatch things I've already seen, which are you know just Dynasty and Twin Peaks, um, which I guess I'm kind of a Venn diagram of. But Jack, we're supposed um, to watch Mrs. America, so we have to start that soon. I know, I know, and you sent me your Hulu account. I did. I turned. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I will. After after I get my grading done, I can handle new content. Um, Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you for speaking with us. It's been um, it's been a privilege spending my whole adult life with you, yeah. and I wish well. we had more opportunities to dance together. And I always loved, well, I mean, being with you, but also dancing with you. I was always loved in class when people were like, "Are you guys twins?" And I'd be like, I know. "Yes, we are." It happened basically every day. Because, you know, coming into that environment with, like, sort of all the same training, we were like, I guess we are twins. And when Vanessa thought that I was you in Liz's piece at the Museum of Art and Design, do you remember that? Wait, which Vanessa? On Spa. Oh, she thought that you were me. Yeah, in Watch It, because I was dancing up up above and they were looking at my reflection. (laughs) And then, and Vanessa was like, I thought you were Lindsay. I was like, I get it. I mean, we really do do a really great twin. We also have all the same measurements. We just we discovered right. on a bus in Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the that shoulders, you have broader. Incredible. Shoulders. We had all the same circumferences, and we again made all of the more tired people in the company feel angry because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's well, and I have. I, I'm hopeful. We'll see. I can't say it on the podcast, but I'm. I'm hopeful about a a new bard hire because that'll. There's. It's just wild. It's really. Wait, what are you talking about? We can't. We can't talk about. This. I guess you'll tell them off we the can't air. Talk about okay. Tell her off. We'll have to do it off. We'll have to do it off air. Okay. But it's. Um. I mean, there was even last, at your showing, it was so wild because. And I took a photo and sent it to Neil because it was Beth. Gil, you, mm, that was nice. me, yeah. so, and Tara, um, Tara, and ta- and Tara, who uh, Reed, we should have Tara Loren. Is she, is she is she still is she still going by her maiden name or did? Yeah, what's, yeah. What's Tara Lorenzen? Lorenzen. Yeah. Okay, Lorenzen. I just um, saw her yesterday in the parking lot at Fisher Center. We had an illegal um, dance senior dance graduation send off where we all Aww. where we all stood in the parking lot like s- more than six feet apart with our masks on that's so nice wow. and had a little send off i mean it was it was nice and it was also so depressing um, yeah so sad yeah so sad the theater department has too many students to do that with right we have 70 some students wow. so it's graduating yeah. no no, 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 not graduate. What am I saying? No, graduating? I can't do this it's right a- now. <laughs> it's more than five. Think through. <laughs> oh, it is so much more than five. Let's see. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's a bigger department. But anyhow, I'm, 
I love you. And I love you for many, many reasons. And we didn't talk about it, but you know, it's, I also got to know you as you dated and then married a very close collaborator mm-hmm. of mine for years. Yeah. Jacob Slominski. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was during our first piece together and I cast him because Reed, I was like, I need someone else to be in this show. And Reed was like, well, you should cast Jacob Slominski because <laughs> it'll be wild. Is that when we all lived <laughs> and together? no one... <laughs> Probably. And no one made me, on any residency, every day Jacob would tell me a new story that would blow my mind. It's unbelievable. I've never had it. I've never, ever experienced it where we would sit down and this is, you know, I'm starting to be hired at Bard now. And so we're at a residency. And I remember every meal we'd sit down and he'd go, did I ever tell you about that time? I hope that guy disappear. It would, that's how each meal would begin. And it managed to last for years. I know. He would, we would sit and he'd be like, did I ever tell you about? And I would be like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. It was, so, it, it, would, it terrified me at first. It was, the stories were just incredible. so absurd. Are you like, who are you lying? It's or incredible. Are you and also, also made you know the way that your piece made me uncomfortable that i curated at dixon place is a way that his piece made me feel so uncomfortable at the museum of arts and design uh, we can't talk well, about it now but no truly one, one of the best things that, i've ever seen in my life oh no my you can't. okay well we'll have but to have we'll jacob talk about on. that when we have oh jacob my God. on yeah wow yeah okay in the meantime Lindsay, i love you we loves you Lindsay, and we'll um we, hopefully see you soon yeah, in in somehow, uh, some Lindsay somehow, is some way. Skeptical. <laughs> I mean, I just read about like returning to dance classes. Some thing on the internet. It was like, well, you can't be going across the floor um, because you're in somebody's slipstream of droplets. Work. Yeah. So stand in place, everybody. Stand Work in place. It's a real, like, there's your six-foot circle to stand in. Everyone's going to get and, really good um, at adagio. And wipe it down at the end. Frappes. Um, We're going to work on frappes because no one can do them. Let me tell you what. I'm in better shape than I've been in many years from having standing in place and doing Cunningham every day. I believe that, Reed. I'm so impressed with your videos. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm Reed, is, really tricky Reed is stuff. really keeping it up. Keeps me, keeps me not dead. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I love you, Lindsay. Listeners, we loves you. And you can uh, find out more about Lindsay uh, via her Instagram or through the Bard website. (laughs) That's something to know. And those are really important videos to watch. Lindsay Walker-Clark on Instagram. I have commented a fair amount of times on how amazing she is. And when I got to hang out with her that day, I was like, she's brilliant okay you guys watch our youtube lives on tuesday nights and we'll see you soon and we'll see you soon we loves you